copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Santa Ana Sheriff's Office calling all cars. Attention all Los Angeles County Sheriff's Cars. Broadcast 164. Be on the lookout for a tan sedan driven by one or two men. Has the Guna Beach Cab Company lettered on side of car. It's thought to be used in a hold up of shooting in the Guna Canyon. These men are armed and dangerous. That's all. goes the roll call of cities and counties using Rio Grande Crash gasoline exclusively. At this time, we proudly salute three new cities. Pasadena, the station center of culture and wealth. Phoenix, capital and metropolis of the great state of Arizona. Maryville, of the fabulous, famous Mother Lowe's country. Veteran Pasadena officers have frequently proved they could cheat it out and win. Phoenix is rooted in desert tradition. No city in the West has a more colorful or more heroic background than Marysville. To serve the law in these places, men must be courageous, hard-hitting, hard-driving men of action, and so they are. And so they chose Rio Grande Crack Japanese, already able to both service for Oakland, Berkeley, Fresno, Santa Barbara, Los Angeles, San Diego, Orange County, San Diego County, Maricopa County, Arizona, and many, many other cities and counties. In fact, last year, 3,724,318 gallons of Rio Grande Crack gasoline were used by law enforcement officers. This is enough gasoline to drive 10,000 cars to the Atlantic seaboard in fact. Do you know of any other gasoline that can point to such overwhelming preference? Try Rio Grande Crack gasoline in your car. Be your independent Rio Grande dealer tomorrow. Tonight, we take pleasure in presenting Deputy Sheriff Jim Workman of the Santa Ana Sheriff's Office. Deputy Workman. Good evening. Tonight's calling all cars is an excellent example of the utility of crime used as a means of getting some easy money. The boys implicated in this case were both under 20 years of age. They had no real reason for turning to a criminal career other than that of being too lazy to take on the responsibilities of an honest job. Theirs was no kind of passion. No sudden, uncontrollable emotion made them lose their heads. It was an act of sheer brutality, of almost unbelievable cruelty. Our office, in cooperation with the authorities of Laguna Beach, Huntington Beach, and others up and down the coast, made every effort to apprehend these youths as soon as the report came in. And we did. One within 24 hours of the crime, and the other a few days later. How this was done will be related now in the following dramatization. It is early evening, June 16th, in a little village known as Laguna Beach. Nestled snugly between the rolling foothills and the Pacific Ocean, this colony for years has been the home of many of California's most brilliant painters. Here, too, the little theater buzzes its brilliant activity year-round, an outlet for the artistic temples of Laguna's populace. 
Even behind the driver's wheel of his parked taxi, Harold Marshall, 26 year old cab driver, waits on call. Chats at intervals with friends as they pass his stand. Hi, Earl. Keeping you busy tonight? Not too busy, Earl. Just coming to work? Yeah, I draw the night shift. Ought to be a mob in later. There's a party for the cast of that play they put on last night up in Silverado Canyon somewhere. I guess everyone will be out there. Good enough. I guess I better keep the old coffee pot full just in case. Did you see the play? No, I didn't get a chance. Heard it was pretty slow, though. I didn't either. Working as usual. Well, don't get any wooden nickels. I gotta get inside and start dishing up the short orders. Okay, huh? I'll be in for some of that coffee later myself. Okay, thanks. Highway a quarter of a mile, young Marshall pulls his cab to a stop in front of a brown board in that studio house, over whose portal hangs a large sign reading Mona Studio Club, Laguna's only nightclub. Shutting off the motor, he walks to the door, opens it, steps inside. Hello, Bud. You take another downtown? Sure, well, Mona. Hello, Johnny. Bud, hi. Couldn't be better. Place looks kind of deserted tonight. It's that party up the canyon. This one isn't big enough for two parties to turn now. Oh, don't worry, they'll all be in here later. Oh, I'm not worried. Not this one. Your mother ready, Mona? In a minute, bud. Okay, I'll be outside. All right, I'll turn around. Hey, bud. This is what I was looking for. How do you get the Silverado Canyon Drive from here? You going to the party too, Dean? Yeah, I wouldn't miss it. Let's see if I can find the place. Well... You know where the dude ranch is, out the canyon? Yes. Well, just past there, a little road turns up to the right. Not much more than a cow path. Room enough for about one and a half cars at a time. Sounds well. You can make it all right, though. Once you get on the road, just follow your nose and suddenly you're there. Now, i got to go now. Here's Mona's mother. Okay, bud. Thanks a million. Maybe I'll see you up there later. Okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> And a few minutes later, Harold Marshall drops his chair to the destination, then returns to his stand in front of the sandwich mill. As he's about to turn off the motor, two men approach the cab. Not recognizing either of them, he decides they must be out of town looking for a ride. After a moment's hesitation, one of them speaks. You care for hire? Sure is. Okay. Want to go for a ride? All right. Hop in. Now, where to? I'll just drive out the canyon away. We're not just sure of the address. You're going to the cast party? Uh, no. No, we're just going out the canyon away. We'll take you in and stop. Okay. Uh, 
row of trees on the right is uh, Terry Wood. There's a resurrect there in the middle of it. You want to go? I might go where they are. Well, I'll tell you when it's stopped. Okay. All right, driver. Turn around right up here and pull over. Now, there isn't any house along here. That's all right. We know where we're going. Okay. Sure, a funny place to want to stop. Yeah. Turn off your motor. Why? Turn off your motor. Hey, wait a minute. What is this? I don't have it. No, don't do that. Oh. You have pretty hot, do Yeah. Come on. Let's see what he has on him. Give me a hand dragging him out. Okay. Hey, what is it, Alex? Hey, you're me, will you? Stand up, folks. What are you going to do? Oh. Oh, just a little breeze. Come on, folks. Oh. Drag him out here. Okay. Take it easy. Hey, not that way, not that way. Pull him out this side, we'll be hidden with a car. Yeah. Oh. 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 Oh, Mike, but better than nothing. Come on, let's do this. Wait a minute. Tell me, dear. I'll breathe the dead. I'll be awful. I'll tell you. Take me back to the top, will you? Leave me right. Get the doctor, will you? Isn't it good? I don't know. If you leave me here, he's good up on board. Better be murdered for your car. Yeah. Maybe we'd better something back in the house. Somebody sees us with him in the back. What do we do then? I don't know. What do you do them for? Don't ask questions. Can't stand here all night, Gavin. What do we do? Leave him here. Hey, look. There's a cut on the way. Can you see it? We better feed it. No, no, quick. Take this guy's hat and pull it down over your head. Now get in the seat there and look as though you're waiting for somebody. What are you going to do? Lie down here and keep this guy from squawking. Get in the car. Okay.
Get moving, folks. Back up the canyon, Mike. Talk to him. I was supposed to get a touch him. What are you talking about? Hey, Jack, 
Harold. Harold. I may not be able to. Very weak. Has to be him. Harold. Harold Marshall. Can you hear me, Harold? Uh-huh. Do you think you could open your eyes for a minute? Oh. Harold. Can you see me over here? Huh? Oh. 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 Come on, you. Well, what do you say now, young fella? Come on, let's not see each other anymore. No go. Well, how about it then? Can you tell us all about it? Don't be scared. We'll go back to the station. And will we get there yourself? And a little later, the now thoroughly scared young man makes a complete confession. Gives his name as Fulton DeMord. Names his companion as one Gerald Vance. But when asked where his crime mate is, he claims he has no idea. Where he hasn't seen him since the settlers of the night of the shooting. And despite continued drillings, he sticks to his story. Finally convinces the settlers the truth. Then, just as the questioning is ending, the Maud unwittingly gives a hot lead. That's all I can tell you, Sheriff. I didn't even know Jerry well. I ran into him in town one night and we went out to his place. His home? Yeah. Where is it? In Chino. Chino, eh? Come on, boys. We're taking a ride to Chino and the Maud here is going to show us where fans live. Hey, wait a minute. I didn't run. I want to do that. Save it. What you want to do is your business. But what you're going to do is a very different thing. Come on. The officers locate Vance's home, but fail to find him. They do, however, get a full description, as well as a recent snapshot. And armed with these, a state-wide bulletin flashed to all points. Teletype messages feed over the huge police network. Attention to all points. Bulletin. One, the kidnapping, assault with a deadly weapon. Gerald Vance, 18 years, dark hair, medium build. Last seen Laguna Beach, California, June 15th this year. This man is known to have a gun. Might resist arrest. If located, arrest can notify Sheriff Orange County. One week later in Medford, Oregon, on one of the numerous ranches. Hey, come, son. Okay, I guess. <laughs> it's a good job for you, fella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks kind of hot, though. Yeah. That's still funny. Me looking hot. I suppose maybe I should wear an overcoat while I chop this wood. It's some time to set a new record for being hot. Ah, oh, there's a reason, son. You can get sore just because I rib you a little. I don't mean nothing about it. Yeah, well, save it, then. This isn't my idea of having a good time. Just chopping wood. You don't help it anybody standing around jabbing. <laughs> By golly, for a little fella, you're the toughest kid I ever seen. You can't say boo without you going all up in the ladder. But there's something on your mind, eh? No, no, I haven't anything on my mind. 
Sure thought, huh? <laughs> well, I guess I might as well leave you be as long as you're this way. No use trying to be. Hey, now who in the blazes can that be tramping around over there? Have you saw him before? Well, over the house, coming this way now, looks like an officer or something. Give me the cup. Yeah, looks like it. Soon though, though, he's coming over here. Hey, what's the matter with you? Looks like you'd see the ghost. It's nothing, nothing. Just a week, sir. Why don't you go and see what he wants? Well, there's no use my going over to him when he's coming over to me. Yeah, but besides, I don't feel much like walking. Hello there. You the foreman of this ranch? Well, foreman's way, so I guess I'm next best. What can I do for you? I'm looking for a young fellow who might be working around these parts. He's about 18 years old. You seen anyone like that? Sure. <laughs> Not one right here. Oh, no, you don't. Middle. I ain't What's the hurry there? Just like that. Sure. Only I wouldn't try running out again if you know what's good for you. Yeah, what's the devil is all this about anyway? Here's a picture, Pop. Ever seen this kid before? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here's a picture, Pop. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. Now listen, Dan. I'm not going to waste any time fooling with you. You're coming along with me nice and peacefully, and there's going to be no arguments. Am I right? Yeah, what do you think? I think you're a pretty fresh punk. And I think I know how to handle punks. How's that? Can't think of an answer. Is that right? Well, that suits me fine. The less you talk on the way back to town, the more I like it. Come on, get moving. Notified by teletype of the arrest, armed county officers speak to Medford, bring the suspect back to Santa Ana. And there they hurled question after question at him, receiving as replies of stony silence. So once again, young Marshall is raced out of his coma, and once again he looks for an instant at the face framed in brilliant light, then names the boy as the other gunman, names him as the one who actually shot him. And a little later, with this positive identification completed, Vance and DeMord are brought together for the first time since the shooting. Stand side by side as the sheriff talks to them. Well, boys, the game's up. You're right on a well-known spot, and you know it, don't you? Yes, You're pretty young to start living in San Quentin. San Quentin? Sure, that's where they send people to do what you did. But they can't send us up there. They, they can't go. Sorry, young fellow. You're the one who made it this way, you know. Maybe if you'd have thought a little more before you pulled this job, things would be different. But you shot a man. and thought you'd get out of it scot-free. But now you're no different. But you're lucky in one way, though. There's a pretty good chance that your victim will pull through. But if he does, at least you won't have murder on your hands. What? And it's going to be just too bad for both of you. Yeah. Even if he doesn't bump, as you put it, the doctor says he'll never walk again. Those slugs you pumped into him have severed his spine. Not a very pretty stuff to have to live with, is it, boy? I didn't think about that when I did it. What did you do with Dan? Oh, he... It all looks so simple, Dan, and... Now, I, I can't do it. I don't want to go to jail. Please, sir, if I promise it was straight, if I, if I promise on my word of honor, anything... I'm I, sorry, Jerry. It's too late I, for that now. You might just as well make up your mind to take a joke because I, there's no way out. That's the law. No. <laughs>
And after a preliminary hearing held in St. Joseph's Hospital at the wounded boy's bedside, a short trial finishes the criminal career of Gerald Vance and Fulton Board, when they are sentenced to serve life imprisonment in San Quentin Penitentiary without possibility of parole. Their victim, Harold Marshall, recovered from his experience, but today is still suffering complete paralysis of both legs. Thank you, Dr. Wilson. Nearly three and three-quarter million gallons of Rio Grande cracked gasoline used last year in protecting life and property in this territory. No other gasoline can point to such dramatic service. If your car could have been started when Christianity was born and driven normally every day until now, scarcely more than a third of this huge quantity of gasoline would have been consumed. More police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment use Rio Grande cracked gasoline wherever it is sold than any other brand. Why don't you try it in your car? Just drive in tomorrow to your nearest independent Rio Grande dealer. He can also offer you the finest motor oils you can buy. Sinclair, Pennsylvania, and Sinclair, Opaline. Both are thoroughly de-waxed, de-jellied, and refinery sealed in tamper-proof cans. They are so free-flowing in winter. And they stand up so completely under the most terrific engine heat that you can use the same grade the year round. Ask your Rio Grande dealer about Sinclair motor oils tomorrow. Ask him, too, for a free copy of Calling All Cars News. Full of pictures and stories about your favorite radio and screen stars and many special features. Do this tomorrow. This is your narrator, Fred Dickensley, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. <laughs> <laughs>